Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome to this episode of Legacy Leaders. My name is Rod Hatley. I'm a tax, estate planning, and asset protection attorney in San Diego with Hatley Law Group. And I have the privilege today to speak to Scott Kyle. And Scott is the CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Coastwise Capital Group in La Jolla. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Rod. Let's see. So let me just get it kicked off. How did you choose to become a financial advisor? I mean, what what uh, what drove you to what you're doing today? Yeah, well, my, my dad, he bought me my first investing book back in, uh, believe it or not, 1980 when I was a freshman in high school. And I had been working since I was eight or nine years old in Chicago, cutting lawns, uh, shoveling snow, delivering papers, that kind of thing back when there were newspapers. And so I wanted to see my money uh, work for itself. And so I started investing at that time based on what I learned in the book. And then a few years later, I had the opportunity to meet uh, none other than Warren Buffett. And he said something that really resonated with me. He said, being a great investor is not about crunching numbers or being a wizard of math or even being able to analyze a balance sheet, although that helps. It's really about emotional temperament. It's about being able to think independently, being able to be very disciplined, being able to think long-term. And I just knew myself well enough to know that that's really how my brain was wired. And so while I did a few things before, I built some businesses, including a business that went public here in San Diego. I knew my ultimate path was to really help others do things that most people's brains aren't wired to do. They have the intellectual capacity, but it's really about emotional temperament. And so I decided to become a financial advisor close to 30 years ago, and I've been loving it ever since. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I think it's the fear and greed always do people in. Yeah. And having an emotional temperament to just, you know, not get caught up in the mania, uh, but to just, you know, be disciplined, be consistent. And that's why I think financial advisors can bring so much value to their clients because you can be objective and you can step back and say, look, we're going to get through this. We just need to write it out. And um, you provide that ability to, you know, take the emotion out of the equation. That's it. That's exactly right. Very well put. Let's see. And so I wish your father gave you an, a book on investing and then that kind of led to, you know, wanting to, you know, know how your money was being invested, et cetera. And then of course, meeting uh, Warren Buffett, which must've been you know, one of the highlights of your life, but, but more so getting that, that kernel of insight, you know, Hey, you know, you got to write it out. You know, you've got to take the emotion out of investing. It's, it's all, you know, it's just discipline. You do it regularly, you do it consistently, et cetera. And through the highs and the lows, you write it out, and over time, you know you'll see your you'll see your returns. Let's see. What do you enjoy most about what you do, 
And uh, the flip side of that is what do you enjoy least, if I can ask? Sure. Yeah. So largely influenced by my parents. From a young age, I was very much a goal setter. When I was 11 years old, I set the goal to become a world champion in sailing within 10 years and achieve that eight years later. And so what I really like when I feel I can bring to the table is the idea of helping people understand where they are today in their financial lives and then helping them set goals and a path to get from point A to point B. Now, some things are known, like I know my kids are going to college, it'll cost approximately X dollars, but there are a lot of unknowns in life as well, whether it's your health or your money. And so that ability to really have people have a peace of mind, they have a clear understanding and organization about where they are today, and they have a clear path about where they want to be in the future to achieve various financial milestones. And then the thing that gives me most satisfaction is not if, but when the inevitable surprise happens, whether it's a pandemic and a loss of a job, stock market decline, what have you, to be able to really help them get through that, knowing that they have a plan in place, as opposed to just reacting to those headlines or to whatever's going on in the moment. Excellent. Well done. Yeah. And, and in terms of the challenging side, it's really, it's the, it's the other side of that coin, which is to say, there are a lot of very smart people, well-intended, but their jobs in, in financial media is to to basically sell advertising, right? To, to, to entertain. And they even say it themselves, my job is to entertain, et cetera. And so quite often, because clients are human beings, they'll get caught up in the latest fad. They want to buy the latest cannabis stock or or electric vehicle or IPO, usually right at, right at the wrong time or just at the wrong time. So our ability to step in and say, hey, again, let's take a step back. How does this how does this hot stock fit into your goals of retiring in 20 years? Would Procter & Gamble or some other company maybe serve that purpose instead? And so it's challenging, but it's also rewarding to be able to help overcome, again, those natural human emotions to try to you know, take advantage of the latest thing, which might not really be in their best interest. Excellent. Okay. Let's see. Can you possibly share with us, and you've been doing this for a long time, so uh, possibly you've seen this uh, during your career, a situation where, say, somebody had, had done great planning with you and they achieved the result that they were after. And then on the flip side of that, maybe somebody, you know, despite your best advice and your best intentions, it just, it, you know, they wouldn't take your excellent advice or they thought they were smarter or they could do it on their own and it just, it didn't end well for them. Can you share either of those examples with us? Sure. Yeah, I'll start with the latter first. So I had a couple come to me about 10 years ago, a young couple in their 30s, and they inherited a large amount of money. They really hadn't had much money before then. And so it was unexpected and quite significant. So I try to get them to do, which is the first thing we do with all clients, which is to set forth a financial plan. They were reluctant. They didn't really want to be locked in. So they ended up spending quite aggressively and really ended up blowing through this money within five to seven years, despite, I mean, it's like a doctor giving you the right medicine and you are refusing to take it. There's, there's a lot we can do as advisors, as, as professionals, but we ultimately can't control the clients. So in this case, I tried repeatedly to get them to set forth a budget, have a plan, rein in their spending, and it, they ultimately back to where they started, which was with virtually no money. So it was very unfortunate. It really, the lesson that it taught me was to just insist, you know, to, to do that plan from the beginning. Because quite often people say, you know, I don't need it or I'm fine. And so that was lesson there. It was an unfortunate outcome. The reverse of that it was a situation where we had a, a pilot come to us who was considering retiring. He was in his late 50s and he worked for a major airlines. And he was contemplating either continue to work for a few more years, doing something he really no longer loved to do, or travel the world, which is what his goal was. 
So in this case, we did do a financial plan. We spent quite a long time looking at different scenarios. What if this happens? What if that happens? And he ultimately chose to retire. And since then, over the last eight or 10 years, he's been sending us postcards from around the world saying, we owe it to Coastwise that we're in Bhutan or Tahiti or wherever it is. So yeah, he stuck to the budget, stuck to the plan, and and that just feels great. And knowing that we're it's not it's not about beating the stock market; it's about helping people live the quality of life that they want and deserve within their means. And that's really the goal. Our tagline is navigating a richer life. And by richer, it doesn't just mean having more money; it means being able to sleep at night, not being stressed, being healthy financially, emotionally, physically. That that's really what we're trying to achieve. Fabulous! That's incredible. What is your ideal, is there an ideal client for uh, Coastwise, for the people that you like to serve or that is a great day at the office when you're able to engage with people? Yeah, I know various advisors or professionals often have specialties. In our case, it's not about only working with one particular profession. For example, we have entrepreneurs, we have a lot of doctors, attorneys, and various professionals as clients. So it's really more about the psychological makeup. Because again, we've had folks who've come to us. I started my career actually as a hedge fund manager, which is very performance oriented as opposed to goal oriented. Typically very wealthy institutions who are looking you know, to, for the hottest uh, fund to make them an extra percentage or two. And because of that, we often attracted people who are looking for us to beat the stock market as it were in a short period of time. And of course, really there's no investor, Warren Buffett included, who's always beats the stock market. And, and I realized quickly that was not the right kind of client for us. And so what we do is we really focus on like, the first thing we talk about are our goals and uh, achieving one's goals. So our ideal client is someone who understands the value of being well-organized, understanding their current situation, being patient and disciplined to achieve that over time, as opposed to someone who's going to react to something that's in the short term. Because by definition, if you need money in the short term, it shouldn't be in stocks anyway. It should be in cash or fixed income. And therefore, by definition, anything you do have in stocks, which is what most people focus on in the stock market, is long-term in nature, and therefore, short-term ups and downs should not be consequential. So we really look for that more that psychological makeup or someone who's at least willing to understand and learn about how markets work, as opposed to you know, a particular type of profession or geography. Thank you for that. Let's see. Can you... Do you do... I assume that you possibly uh, have worked with clients who had estate plans in place and maybe those who didn't. And any horror stories that uh, come to mind when you know you uh, have worked with somebody and they just didn't have the right planning in place? Not, you know, I mean, you obviously did your part, you know, helping them with the financial plan, but for whatever reason, the estate planning wasn't in place. And so all the good work you've done has more or less been undone because of a, a long and protracted probate. Anything like that ever happened uh, to clients possible? Yeah, we have both clients themselves and then in, in many cases also the children of, of clients who end up getting involved. So it's not atypical. I mean, we're all humans. Some will have health issues. And that then changes their financial lives, can be very quickly and very dramatically because of the need for extra health care, et cetera. And then often the children get involved and then we work with the children, both from a financial standpoint, but also an emotional standpoint as well. Even things like helping them find you know, particular care, et cetera. So when they've had you know, an estate plan in place, the parents in this particular case, it just takes the burden off the children so they can focus on making smart decisions, managing the, the, the financial assets, finding the right care, et cetera. When you add that extra burden of, hey, where are my parents' statements or they don't have an estate plan or a trust in place, then 
it just it adds complications and emotional stress on top of already difficult situations. So no doubt see. about it. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. What's the one thing that you would want our listeners to know about you and about Coastwise Capital? Yeah, on the personal level, I often come across and I've known I've been a CFO and, and in the financial world for for many many years. So often, you know, people think of me as sort of the left brain logical guy, and indeed, I put myself out there as being you know, highly disciplined, highly logical, because I believe those are traits that ultimately can help my clients. At the same time, though, I do have a creative side. I write music. I'm on my sixth book. I've written oh, wow. five. I've got one more. So I'm sort of a, a closet. I'm a finance guy by day and a, an author by night. Um, I, co- I co-wrote a book with my daughter who's uh, 12 years old. I've written oh. two, two finance books and three novels, and I've got another novel and another finance book for teens along the way. So Yes, I think you know. I like to live a balanced life, and uh, I, the one thing that people who know me from my professional life don't know is that I really love to, to write and to, and to pursue creative endeavors. Fabulous. Yeah, what would you want folks to know about Coastwise Capital? Yeah, just that we are you know, very client focused. We've we've won the Five Star Wealth Advisor Award for eleven years really? running, which, which is really a reflection of our commitment to our client and client service because. Again, investing is one component of being a financial advisor, but quite frankly, without sounding pithy, it's really, I would say, almost the easy part. The challenging part is the setting of the goals, creating the financial plan, and being responsive, and really having the tough conversations where people who are acting or wanting to act on emotions, trying to talk them off the ledge, as it were. And I've had plenty of those conversations. And so just our commitment to always doing, not just from a a technical fiduciary standpoint, doing what's in their best interest, but just out of a moral and business practice perspective to really doing what's in their best interest, giving the best advice, even if it's what they don't want to hear, which is often the case. It, the truth sometimes can be a bitter pill to swallow, but you know, you've yes. got to do your job and share it with them. And then what they do with it is up to them. But yeah, you're not doing your job if you don't do it. Let's see. I suspect you've heard the term trusted advisor. And I know it's kind of a catchphrase, uh, not only in the investment industry, but also the legal industry. For me, it would mean, you know, as an estate planning attorney, if I have a client who reaches out to me to say, hey, look, I've got a relative who got into trouble. Do you possibly know a criminal defense attorney who could help? And I would say, absolutely, I do. I'd be happy to make an introduction. What does that mean to you as a financial advisor for the clients that you serve? What, what's the meaning behind those uh, those words, if, if any? Yeah, really, the, I look at it in three different ways. One is, more from a compliance standpoint, and that is that confidentiality and trust are really first and foremost in our business. So we could have a couple, with each with individual accounts, and we can't, by law or by business practice, even discuss the other person's account and without their authorization. So there's just the idea of trust and confidentiality. And then the other is being a fiduciary, which some advisors are fiduciaries, some are not. It's important to know the difference. So that's in our particular case, we have to do what's in the best interest of the client as opposed to just what's suitable for them. So that'd be you know, making sure they're in the, the lowest cost products, things like that. And finally, and most importantly, it's what I spoke to before, which is to say, even if it's challenging, even if you know it's not what they want to hear in the moment, just mm-hmm. giving them the best advice for them, even if that means saying, they're saying, hey, I want to work with someone else who's going to tell me what I want to hear. And that doesn't happen often, but it's a risk one takes. And I'm happy to take that risk because I know that I'm doing what's right for them and, and I can sleep at night as well. Excellent. Let's see, what marketing sources do you use? I mean, how do people know about you? I mean, I would suspect happy clients would be one way. Other sources that 
you use to make your help people become aware of what you do here locally in San Diego County? Sure. Yeah, we really nailed it. Providing world-class client service, award-winning client service is our ultimate form of marketing. And we're fortunate that most of our business does come from referrals, which is great. On top of that, though, I mean, there are some things that we do. For example, as I mentioned before, I've written several books, including investing books. Uh, I just came out with one last month called The Compound Code, an expert guide to trading stocks and options. So that's a way of getting the word out there and allow people to take time to understand our investment philosophy in, in, in more depth. You know, it's a couple hundred pages. Um, we also put on events in the communities. For example, I started a spelling bee for local grade schoolers called okay. Co-Spies uh, Spelling Prize. And it's a ton of fun. It's, of course, first and foremost, I love giving back to the community. I did those kinds of events when I was a kid. So even if it didn't mean a single client came to us, I'd still do it because just seeing the smiles on their faces is, is worth you know, worth worth every moment of it. But it does, you know, it, it also puts us out in the community and in front of various folks. We also have a high school investing scholarship program as well. And those are the, those are the main ways that we uh, get. Let's talk for a while. What does it mean to you to be a financial advisor? Obviously, I would imagine it would mean different things to different professionals. But for you, with the, the career you've had and the work that you do and continue to do, what does that really mean to you to be a financial advisor? Yeah, as I said early on in my investment career started out as a, as a hedge fund manager. And at that point, it was really about putting up quarterly results. And then when I when I decided that wasn't the kind of advice I wanted to provide or the, the kind of investing I wanted to focus on, I shifted gears to become a financial advisor. And became very, it became clear quickly to me that it's really about the relationship with the client and getting to know them well and really understanding what their needs are. Someone could ask me the question, as they often do, you know, is Microsoft a good investment? My answer always is, for some people, they may want to buy it. For other people, they may want to sell it. If you work at Microsoft and half your portfolio is in Microsoft, you might want to be diversifying away from Microsoft. So the point is, just like with health, there's any plan, any investment, any action is in the context of what one's goals are. It'd be, it'd be like walking into a gym and a personal trainer saying, let me put you on the treadmill. And you say, well, I'm trying to gain weight, not this way. <laughs> and, uh, so they need to understand where you are today and where your goals are. So to me, being the financial advisor is really developing that knowledge and understanding of the, of the client and their unique circumstances, including you could have two people who are exactly the same, but based on an emotional makeup, let's say fear of the market, you may want to have a little bit less risky portfolio for that other person just so they they maintain the plan. It doesn't help if you have the perfect plan and then they, they get off the plan after a few months when the market's down. So it's that level of nuance and understanding the client that really is so satisfying and is the ultimate, I think, value that an advisor adds and that we focus on. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that you would want people to know either about you or about Co-Spice Capital that we haven't touched on that you really wanted to share with our listeners? Yeah, really just more on an emotional level. I'll just, I'm a big believer and I've been so fortunate that in life I, I found things I love to do. I loved to sail when I was a kid. I became a world champion. I love school. I've been fortunate to attend some of the best schools in the world. I love living in the Hoya and I've been living here for the last 30 years. And I simply love helping people with their money. It's just, I'm not sure why that's the case, but it was, again, the way my brain is wired. And so I think if someone has a passion for what they do and then they work really hard, they can achieve great things. That's been my formula since I was a young kid. So that's really the, the, the message I like to communicate is, you know, for anyone who has needs uh, relative to their money, and we all do, you know, to whether it's Coastwise or anyone else, you'll find a professional who has deep experience and who has a passion for what he or she does, and you'll probably have a good outcome. 
And, and Scott, how can folks find you? I mean, uh, can you share your contact information? Sure. Yeah. So we have a website, of course. It's www.coastwisegroup.com. And then also, you know, it's just part of our world-class service. I give all my clients my cell phone number. We have our work number. That all can be found on the website or 858-454-6670 is our uh, work number. We've got a great team of advisors. We always make sure that we match clients with the right advisor because some people prefer to work with a particular type of advisor. And yeah, so that that's how you can get hold of us. This is Rod Hatley, Hatley Law Group. I've had the privilege to interview Scott Kyle, uh, CEO and Chief Investment Officer at Coastwise Capital Group in La Jolla, California, here in San Diego County. Scott, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap it up today? No, I just thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to visit with you, and thank you for sharing the time, and thank you again. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.